Welcome to the Business Playdate, a podcast hosted by Lindsay White and Betsy Moorhead, two internet strangers turned business besties. We're two marketing professionals living across the country, raising our kiddos while running our own individual businesses. We built these businesses based on our experiences working in corporate management roles with the end goal to be able to show up for our families first. And we did it. We're so happy you're here with us. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hello, welcome back to the Business Playdate. We are on part two of our 10th episode, which is really exciting. It's so exciting. I am thrilled to be here. I am very honored because if you listen to part one of this episode, you will know that we are interviewing each other. So as kind of like a little celebration, we've never really done an intro of each of us, like high level. So we are getting in the weeds and we're also giving you a little sample of what an actual business play date will be like as we gear up for bringing on real guests. Yes. Very excited. A little nervous. Here we go. You're going to be great. Um, all right. So we're going to take it away. We are talking to Betsy Moorhead today and um, she's got a really exciting story. So I've known Betsy for a long time, but I'm excited to listen and I bet I will learn a lot from this. So get started. Um, so Betsy, why don't you get started by letting us know how, how did you get here? Why are you here? What's your story? You know, dive into that a little bit. Oh man. Okay. So I always knew that I wanted to work in like communications and marketing and storytelling. That's like, there's that frog again. Oh my gosh. The beginning of every podcast interview. Um, so I, I've just always been a storyteller. Like I've always been a people person. I love to talk. Like that's just always been my thing. So I thought I was going to be a journalist. So I went, my degree is in journalism and communications. And, um, I became a journalist right out of college and quickly realized that that was not for me. I was 23 going to city council meetings, school board meetings. I was like, eh, no, thank you. Next. So I had actually... As a journalist, like what uh-huh. kind of journalist? It was a, um, well, what I wanted to be was like a long form, like um, in-depth investigative, like writing like magazine stories, articles, like the New Yorker style. Okay. Things. Yeah. Um, what I was right out of college, as everyone has to do, you know, their grunt work, um, was like a beat reporter for like okay. a local newspaper. So I was going to city council, school board meetings. Like I was interviewing businesses and that was really fun because I got to like interview the business owner and have them tell me their story and where they came from and how they got to where they are and like the growth of their business. So I found that really fun. Like the, yeah. the storytelling aspect, but the like, this is what they voted on today. Like that was not my, my jam. Yeah. Local politics. Um, so when I was in college, I had actually interned um, for an event here in the Houston area, and um, it's called the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. It's the world's largest event of its kind, um, and uh, I knew that I wanted to get out of um, my job, and so I had gone and volunteered for the event when I, like right before I left being the newspaper, and literally right after that, I got a, right after the event ended, I got a note from somebody that was like, Hey, we have a position opening in our communications department. Would you like to apply? And I was like, yes, this is it. This is my out. I am no longer going to be a journalist. I think I was like, I'm going to go tell my boss right now that I quit. Like, (laughs) 
just like, like yes, I will take the job. And I hadn't even like applied for it yet or been offered it. Um, well, the stars aligned and it turned out um, I got hired for that position. So I started working for the rodeo and I was 23 at the time. So I was like only a year out of college and um, it was a very small marketing department and it was like myself, my boss, who was like the director of communications and then a web guy. So when I came on social media was really just had only been around for like a year or so. I think the rodeo had, um, you know, like a MySpace page and like a small audience on Facebook, but man, like I came in at such a pivotal time in the, the digital marketing world. Like there was yeah. a wonderful agency that was working with the rodeo that has, was really like helping to grow it. And I came on and eventually became like the social media manager after a few years, like they created a position for me. So I kind of, my career kind of grew with the evolution of social media over the last 10, 15 years. And, um, that I was, I was in that job. I, I was with the rodeo for 10 years. So I, kind of did everything. All I had a very like my career has just been so full of life and I got to do some really really amazing things at this organization. Like I was backstage producing digital video series with Blake Shelton and um uh, Reba McIntyre like all these like really big artists like I like Ariana Grande. I mean just like How people cool. would come, yeah, so that was like a really cool thing to get to do. Like I was in the entertainment industry. I was working for an event, which was also a nonprofit. So it was just like a very fulfilling job and it taught me so much and I got to do so many things. And I became a mom, uh, got married, became a mom, like did all these things, like all these life pivotal moments there. And for the longest time, it was my identity. Like Betsy works at the rodeo, Betsy's the rodeo, blah, 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 blah. You know, we talked about that before. And I became a mom And I had kind of a, I wouldn't say like a rough pregnancy, but it was just like kind of an unknown. I was a little bit high risk and the baby had some health things that we knew she was going to have to be in the NICU. So I'm very anxious by nature anyway. And then all these like unknowns happen and just like crazy. So um, my life just changed immensely in like a six month period um, right after my daughter was born a couple um, months later, I lost my dad kind of suddenly. And then COVID hit like a couple of months after that. So it was just like one thing after another, it was just like crazy time for everybody, but you know, we all handle it and deal with it in our own way. And about, um, four months into COVID working from home, um, I looked at my husband and I was like, I don't think I can go back into an office. I don't think that I can do this. Like, I don't want to do that. You know, we were living kind of in a new area. We had a new house. Um, The baby had started a new daycare. And I was just like, I don't think that this is what I want to do anymore. And I was very sad because it was like, I had mourned so much loss over that first, that year of COVID um, that thinking of leaving an organization that I had been a part of for so long was like mourning another loss. And it took me almost a year to really decide, okay, it's time to go. Um, and like, I'm kind of a little emotional, like even thinking about it, you know, right now, but, um, I too, like we talked about yesterday with you, I had found Michaela Quinn. I had, think I got, um, 
served a Facebook ad and, um, probably because I was Googling things like, how can I work from home? Like jobs working from home. And I was also like applying for other marketing jobs at the time. It was kind of like mid COVID time. No one was really hiring. It was kind of weird, but there were a couple of jobs that had come up and I was like trying to get a job before I left my job. Yeah. And I had kind of been freelancing a little bit. I was doing some copywriting for like a local PR friend that like works in PR. So I was like, okay, freelancing is a thing. Like, uh, let me just start Googling like freelancing from home, jobs for freelancers, yada, yada. And then I got served a Facebook ad and it was for Michaela Quinn's course. And, um, you know, kind of like you, I just jumped right in and I was still working my full-time job. Um, and my husband was like, okay, if you really want to do this, like go for it. So I was taking the course, learning how to start my own business, doing the whole LLC thing, getting like a CPA involved, trying to figure out like what taxes would look like, all of that. And then within like a few months, I had my first couple of clients while also working my full-time job. And we were back in the office at this point. So I was commuting an hour almost both ways with traffic, dropping the baby off at daycare at like 6.30 in the morning, not getting home and picking her up until almost 5.45, 6 o'clock. It was just not the life. I was like, okay, if I didn't want to go back into the office before, I definitely don't want to keep doing this. This is not the life that I want. And um, so... I told my husband, I said, okay, if I can recoup my income or half my income at this point, cause I was still working my full-time job. If I can recoup my own half my income, um, uh, by the end of the year, then I can leave. Right. You know, like we, we decided then that was it. I would leave my full-time job and I would take freelancing full-time. I did it in like four or five months. I remember I you did it really fast. Yeah. Really fast. And it was a lot. I was working so much like the baby would go to bed and I'd go work for like four hours after work or after, after she went to bed, I'd get up early and work, you know, just all I was doing the whole, like building a business hustle. It's a season. It is. It was a season and I knew it wasn't sustainable. And so, um, that was January. So I started Michaela's course in January of 2020, right before the world shut down and I'm sorry, 2021. So about a year after that. And then, um, I left my full-time job at the rodeo in 2001, July, 2001. So I went full-time with my business, July, 2001, 2021. And, um, yeah, here we are. Here we are. (laughs) So now, I mean, it is, you know, changed and flowed over the last few years too. Um, one of the clients that I started working with about a month into being full-time with my business were, um, was a, an ad agency and they actually worked in the events world as well. So I, you know, very, had a very good connection with them already. And, uh, it was basically like taking up part-time, like 20 hours of my week. And so I was working with a few other clients, um, on my own outside of the agency, the other 20 hours a week. Cause I was like, yeah. of course I have to work 40 hours a week. Like at that right. point I Naturally. wasn't thinking like, I, I remember hearing podcasts from people who, we had also started the business saying that they were working, you know, 15, 20 hours a week. And I was like, how, how are you working 15 hours, 20 hours a week and making right. money back? Um, lots of changes, lots of growth, lots of learning, lots of just, I, I found what I didn't want to do a lot. I found what I wanted to do. It was just a lot of changes at the very beginning, that first year. Um, 
and I was kind of just like taking on work as it came. And I remember I'm, I, I hit like my first five figure month and I was like, I cannot sustain this. This, this is not possible because I think I had like eight different clients that I was getting me there. And I I was like, there's no way I can't do this. And so with that, I was like, okay, how can I really use my marketing background, my experience? Like, how can I really, really tap into what I'm very, very good at? And that's when I found out that you were starting the DOM program, which is our, mm-hmm. how our beautiful friendship started. And so I invested in learning a little bit more about marketing and marketing like specifics, marketing strategies. Like I knew the ins and outs. It was my background. I had all of this, but I didn't have that confidence that I needed to kind of take me to that next level. And once I did that and I started taking on clients that were very specific to strategy work or um, not so much like in the weeds work, I was able to be sustainable with my hours and cut back and be able to be full-time business owner, but also full-time mom and compartmentalize. Like when my kids are home, I can't be on my phone worrying about if a client has emailed me back that something's approved. And when I'm working, I can't be worried about where my kids are and what they're doing and all of that. So um, needless to say, it's been a journey and it's only been uh, almost three years, but um, I'm very pleased with where I'm at. And Yeah. I mean, has- you've grown, you've learned, you've gotten to a really awesome spot. I mean, so what would you say, what is enough for you in this space of being a mom and being a business owner? Like, what does this look like? Like, what is success to you? Mm-hmm. Give yeah. us that landscape. Like, are you there? Are you still working towards it? Is it ever evolving? Yeah. I think, um, had you asked me this a year ago, the answer would obviously be very different, but I've done a lot of self-reflection. I've done a lot of self-growth. I've had another child since I started all of this. So I now have a four-year-old and a one-year-old and I've done a lot of work in therapy to like not feel so I have to be everything to everybody all the time. And I'm going to let somebody down if I don't say yes to something or I'm going to let myself down. And um, you know, very, like I said, very anxious person. Like I've worked on a lot of that. And so I think where I'm at now is where I want to be. This is my enough. My enough is that I am providing a sustainable income for my family. I am able to be very, very flexible with my time. Um, my girls are in full-time daycare five days a week. And that is a choice that we have made because, First of all, I just feel very strongly about like the socialization that they're getting at school and the structure that I wouldn't be able to provide them. I know myself, like I love what they're, I love what they're getting at school. I love their teachers. I love, um, we just really, really love the childcare center that we're at. And, um, my husband also works from home pretty much full time. And so it just, for me, the, the, my enough is just being happy. <laughs> I don't yeah. really know how else to say it other than like there was a period of time over the last year right after my second child was born where I was feeling kind of like you had mentioned yesterday about like I was back in this corporate mentality of 
I have to, I, I felt mom guilt. I felt work guilt. I felt like even though I was working for clients who totally respected and understood my situation, that I wasn't able to decompress after, you know, four o'clock and my kids came home and I was still so in my head about what I needed to be getting done the next day. And I couldn't focus on just enjoying the family time at night. And, um, it, it took a while to like a, some very like hard conversation with my husband where he was like, you're kind of crying every day again. Like you were <laughs> at your full-time job and something's not clicking. And he's like, and I don't think it's, you know, like the, the hormones after having a baby like this is, this although is, it probably didn't is, help. It didn't help. Um, but I just, it, it, I had to like decide, yeah, the, what was enough and what was success. And it, for me, like I never envisioned wanting an agency. I don't want to grow this huge business that is like where I have to bring on a lot more people. I personally like doing the work. I like being the person who communicates with the client. I, I, I feel like I am a like true freelancer contractor, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so that's for me, that's enough. Like I, I love, like I have, I have enough, um, I have like my max number of retainer clients that I want to have. I have, um, my, you know, one project a quarter. If I, if I need to take that on my like bonus, so so speak fun money. Um, and I get my, you know, I, we have our morning routine. We have our after school routine. Like we have, we have our, I, I don't, I know that like leading into my kids going into school age and going into even more extracurricular activities, I I'm already setting this really good foundation for n- knowing that things are going to have to adjust. Like I'm not naive. Yeah. I know that like life has to adjust in different seasons, but like, I feel like I'm building a really good foundation right now for yeah. me as you know, the, um, what am I trying to say? Like me as a business owner, me as a mom, me as a wife, me as like a homemaker. And you as Betsy. And me as Betsy, right? Like I'm just, I'm trying to feel content and happy in every aspect of my life because it's so easy to let one thing out overshadow another. And, and I'm tired of doing that. Yeah. I, (sighs) I feel that. I feel that. Um, well, so how are you juggling it all? I mean, it sounds like you have a lot of different areas of your life that you're you're doing and you're working mm-hmm. on. And how are you managing it all? Like systems or mental load? Like what is it? How do you prioritize? Well, I wasn't for the longest time. Um, I, and probably not until like the last few months have I really like, and we've talked about this separately, but like I just, I've never really had my shit together. Like personally, like my house has kind of always been chaotic and it's always been, um, uh, no, not, like no strategy for my, for my life, for my days, you know? And so, yeah. um, I'm starting to implement some things. So I'm starting to try to implement more systems where I'm, um, with work, you know, I'm time blocking, I'm blocking out my, uh, I know that like I have my time blocks. So from like nine to noon, I am power hour. I'm working. I am not looking up. My phone goes on do not disturb. That is my get work done time. And then I, you know, make sure that I leave enough time to do things around the house, like laundry and which I still hate putting away, um, laundry and 
making, you know, dishes out of the sink and in the dishwasher and unloading and loading, doing like the little nuanced things around the house. And then, um, time for myself, like trying to take care of myself physically. Like I have been, um, breastfeeding for the last year. So like, you know, my, I'm getting my body back soon and like, I'm trying to take care of myself and like be as healthy as I can be. I'm 36. Like I just, I really want to like move into this season of like taking care of me and my physical and my mental and my social and spiritual like self. Um, and so, you know, we like having some systems in place, like really being organized with my time, like taking, like making myself once a week, look at the calendar. Like we've implemented a family calendar. So like, I know my husband has some, uh, has a lot of like after work activities and his job is a bit more demanding with travel. And so like, we are very good now about like having things on a calendar. And, um, I have, you know, I, while I'm, I, and I, and I want to, I want to say this because I feel like the way I'm going to say it is going to make it sound like I feel guilty for having a house cleaner come twice a week to my house because I, I, I've told myself this a lot and I, and I hope someone can relate with this. I've told myself like, well, you work from home and you're home all day and you're not working every hour of every day. So why can't you clean your floors? Because you're busy. Did you say twice a week? No, I'm sorry. Twice a month. (laughs) I was like, dang, I got to take a page out of your book. (laughs) Can you imagine? But like, I, I do feel like there is this stigma and maybe it's just like we allow it to be a stigma. No, I don't think it's a stigma. I mean, okay, good. I don't want to interject just myself in your interview, but no, thank you. I think I think that it can be a stigma and I think it definitely can be a stigma, especially in some of the crowds that we run in like online business. Like I think mm-hmm. a lot of us as moms feel like we need to be all of it and all the time. Mm-hmm. You don't. Yeah. I, I don't like cleaning. I don't, yeah, I don't enjoy cleaning a toilet. And you no. know what? Some people do and they've created entire businesses out of it. And who mm-hmm. am I to tell them their business shouldn't be successful? Like, let right. me help you make your business successful. Yeah. No, I agree. Hey, I I don't like cleaning. I don't. I don't like it at all. And so, yes. Yeah, so that's another way I stay on top of things is we have somebody come and clean the house and do all of that twice a month. And that has really like helped juggle things and me not feel like there's just – dirt everywhere. You know, we've got a dog that drags a bunch of stuff in and a baby crawling around and all of that. So I I love that. Um, and, uh, another thing that I've done lately that I do find very, um, uh, therapeutic, but also like, uh, essential to kind of my mental well-being is I've been listening to a ton of podcasts lately and kind of like you were talking about yesterday, like getting in like a workflow. That's what I do whenever I want to like tidy up. So right, like the playroom, like cleaning our entire playroom yesterday because you couldn't even walk in it. Like I put on a podcast, like I think I listened to like four podcasts in a row. It was like an hour's worth of podcast or whatever, maybe two hours worth, depending on what I was listening to. And I just clean and I don't stop until it's done. So the time blocking, like I know like my afternoons, like that's when I tend to like have work that I need to do around the house or errands to run. Like I'm very now like trying to be not rigid, but like stricter with my time, mm-hmm. more efficient. Um, and so, yeah, uh, back to the question, like juggling it all. I mean, it's a daily struggle. Yeah. Doing the best you can. Aren't we all? Um, well, I love that. I love that. And I think that, I mean, having the cleaner 
is so paramount. I'm also like a, a huge like uh, – oh, I, I've talked about this a little bit. I don't know how much like of the Enneagram you know, but like I'm an Enneagram 2, which means I like <laughs> – I always am afraid that I'm like upsetting somebody or letting someone down or um, people pleasing, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's once I learned a little bit more about that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is telling me so much about myself and like that my strengths and my weaknesses and like how to give myself grace. And I think your tip yesterday was like, don't like, it's okay. Like it's okay if you can't do it right now. And so I'm constant. That's like a daily thing that I'm constantly, I need to actually just like put it on a sticky note that yeah. says like, it's okay if it doesn't happen. It's okay. Yeah. If this is not the season for X, Y, and Z, like it will come. Yeah. And so that's another thing. Like I touched on it a little bit, but like my mental health, man, like I, I've never put that first ever. And like, sure, like there's been times where I've been like, you know, a little selfish and like put me first, but like my, my mental like state never. And, and my husband and I talk about this a lot and he is very supportive of me, like needing a little break, you know, or like, um, I don't, I don't do a lot of like self care other than like I get my nails done, you know, like that's my self care. (laughs) And it's like, that's not even really self care. Like that's just like a a thing I do for myself. But like I, he's very good about like when I'm like, Hey, I just need like, it's Sunday. Can you just like, I just need to get out of the house for several hours and just go meander around target. And I probably won't buy anything, but I just need a break. Or you might. Yeah. Or I might buy something. Who knows? (laughs) Or, you know, like I've really tried to implement like getting outside and like going on walks. And I'll be real honest. I haven't done that at all this week because I've been mostly alone uh, in the mornings trying to get the kids out the door. And then by the time I get home, I'm just like, I can't. <laughs> it's wild how much of a difference that makes. It really I, After is. you started implementing that, I started implementing that. And I too have not gotten outside this week. And I, my mental health is like not it's, good because of it. It is. Isn't it crazy how you can totally tell? Um, I remember when I was working in my corporate job and I – people would use their lunch breaks to just go out and just walk. Yes. And I was like, what do you do? It's hot outside. I'm like, what do you do? Or like they walk in the hallway. And now I totally get it. And they, looking back, these were all women who were, you know, 15, 20 years into their career. They had young children or, you know, they, they were like, they knew, mm-hmm. they knew the yeah. secret that none of us knew <laughs> yeah. until we know it, you know, you need to put that first, like your mental yeah. Stability. <laughs> like, That's so true. It is. Because when I feel like I've gotten that part of me under control, I feel like I'm a better mom. I'm a better wife. Like I get things done easier around the house. I'm not doom scrolling on my phone because I get lost in it for whatever amount of time, you know. And yeah. you know what? There are some days where I just like to sit and do nothing. And that is okay. Like yeah. it took me a long time to realize that that is okay. And so yeah. um, I would say like, you didn't ask me this question, but I'm going to just ask myself it. But like the, <laughs> the, the number one takeaway I've had from starting my business after leaving corporate was like, it has, sure, it's a grind and it's, you know, stressful at times and you've got to like figure out how to be a business owner and have pay taxes, all that crap. But like, 
it has allowed me this freedom to be and do what I want when I want and not feel like I'm like under someone's thumb constantly. Yes. Yes. No, I love that. And like you're, that was big for me, like the control that we get as business Mm -hmm. owners, just being able to feel that Mm -hmm. or lack thereof, not feel that. Yeah. Well, so what would your biggest, what's your one tangible tip you want to leave the audience with? Oh gosh. Um, Well, I just said it. I think if you aren't yet, my tangible tip would be to get outside once a day or if the the weather doesn't allow for it, like go to Target and walk around or go to – if you're a member of the gym and like just walk around, like just like move your body once a day for like 30 minutes, 15 if that's all you've got. And it seriously makes such a difference. And I – it was something that my like my therapist was like, do you go on walk? Have you gone on a walk today? I can tell. You know, she's like, eh, you got to get outside and move your body. And I tell you what, when I like the how how hard I rolled my eyes at that at the beginning was obnoxious, but it's so true. So that would be my tangible tip. Like start trying to implement 20, 30 minutes of movement into your day. Yeah. And if you can get outside, outside. especially, yeah. Listen to a podcast while you do it or it, music it, or yeah. nothing. Maybe you're listening to this podcast right now as you're on your leisurely walk in the morning. Yeah. For your minty health. I love that. So final question. <laughs> what is one non-business related thing that you are loving right now? Oh my gosh. What is one non-business related thing? It could be a product, a routine, a show, a book. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. This like I'm – hmm. What am I loving? I will have to say, and only because I'm like, I like to use um, pop culture as my, like, uh, how to distract myself from all all of the craziness that is happening uh, around us at all times. Um, I am loving, <laughs> you're going to, you're going to love this. I feel like I know where this is going. I am loving the internet's reaction to Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey dating. I get lost in it and it is hilarious. And so with that, like I'm, I'm a Swifty, like I, yeah, proud Swifty here. But with that, I have uh, found Travis Kelsey and his brother, Jason Kelsey's podcast, New Heights, and I'm loving it. I'm a football fan. I am loving it too. I am loving it. I'm not a football fan, but I keep like listening to little tidbits Uh of it and I'm like, this is good stuff. They're really good. And there's a lot of football talk in it, which is fine. Like I've grown up around football my whole life. I love it. Like it's I, I understand. Yeah. Texas girl. Yeah. yeah. I've understood a lot of what they're talking about on that side, but I just love their banter. And so anyway, I really love that podcast. It's non, non-business related. Um, but thanks to Tay and Trav's relationship, I've found the New Heights podcast and I do really like it. So that would, that would be my thing that I'm really loving right now. I love it. I love it. I heard a little snippet from their podcast that was them talking about their dad and their dad was talking to Taylor. So they're like, he has no business talking to Taylor. Like, what are they talking about? And I died. Because I was like, I what would my dad, it. what would my father talk to Taylor Swift about? Oh my like, gosh, I know. My dad would have been like, who she was. I know. My dad would have been like, who's that? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, it was so wonderful interviewing you today. Such a yes. fun little change of pace. And I learned a lot about you that I didn't know. Well, good. I'm glad because you know I'm an open book. So I'm shocked that you didn't know some of this. I know we both are. So it's so fun to hear our stories. 
It is. It is. Well, thank you. I loved it. And thank you everyone for tuning into this two-part episode. Um, We'll be back next week with another great episode for you. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Bye, guys. Oh, my God. Bye. Bye. Bye.